Spartan headquarters. This is De La Pod, a program taking listeners behind the scenes of the fabled De La Salle Athletics program. And now your hosts, Spartan alum and longtime broadcaster, Pat O'Rourke. With all things athletic guy and newly minted podcast nerd, Coach Derek Brown. And welcome back to another edition of Daily Pod, along with Derek Brown, Pat O'Rourke with you. And uh, we're looking forward to speaking with Spartans head coach Justin Alabaugh for the Spartans 17-14 Division I AA NorCal final win in Folsom last Friday night. And uh, coach, obviously the one of your big victories of the weekend. Congratulations on Isabel, the newest addition to your family. I imagine that was a very, very hectic weekend. <laughs> it was it was busy. I normally don't sleep a lot during uh, the football season as is, but this this weekend took the cake. I've I've, I've definitely <laughs> never had one like this. Uh, uh, our son Benny and our our other daughter Isla, they were not born during football season, so this this was new and. They were definitely not born immediately after uh, NorCal regional game. So <laughs> this was this was unique. I got home. <clears throat> my wife texted me like 1230, you know, hey, when are you coming home? And that's that's not normal, you know, for a nine and a half month pregnant woman. She was uh, I, I figured she was in bed and I'll, I was close to home. I said, I'll be home in a few minutes. And uh, yeah, she she was talking about back rubs and pain. And uh, and I'd seen those signs twice before from her. So yep. we uh, we loaded up and headed on into the hospital. And thankfully, you know, everything went great. And uh, we're we're very lucky and very excited. Uh, not a lot of sleep. I didn't sleep Friday night at all. Uh little quick nap here or there, but I was able to get some film in while she was napping. And, uh, you know, it was, it was crazy, but man, what a blessing. And you get, you really, you know, you're all obviously always going to remember the birth of your children and, you know, how incredibly blessed I am and we are for that. But yeah, you know, it, it makes for a unique story too. <laughs> driving home from a, from a, from a great rematch game where, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of on cloud nine already. And then, you know, you get home and then boom, uh, you're, you're, you're even, you're even more, uh, excited and, you know, and just happy and fulfilled. So it was, uh, it was awesome. It was an emotional weekend. You know, if I'm being totally honest, it was emotional and, uh, man, my wife got, I got to give her all the props in the world. She was having contractions all day. Uh, she, she, worked all the way up until Tuesday last week and she's got a she's got a very full-time job and you know managing the kids because I'm gone a lot it's uh you know all of our coaches we would not be able to do and do what we do and do what we love uh and I don't just mean for football you know coach brown you guys out in soccer definitely baseball all across the board in our athletics uh you know it, it's very time consuming it's very demanding um uh, it's very fulfilling and it's a, it's a noble profession but we would not be able to do what we do and what we love uh, without the support of our spouses. And uh, I'm certainly a testament to that. So it was uh, it was exciting for sure. No question about it. And I'm sure in terms of helping deal with a range of emotions that you get during the course of a football season as well, in terms of it's, a, you know, it, we talk about life and the journey and for, but obviously it's a journey as far as throughout the course of the season, you guys had some, you know, ups and downs and obviously you guys recovered after that three and three start to win seven consecutive games and so forth. But, uh, 
when we go look back to the start of the season, you had some real close losses. Then you had the loss of St. Mary's where when you guys have lost, usually it's been kind of decided at the very end of the game. St. Mary's wasn't necessarily the case. They handed it pretty good to you guys. I mean, was there anything in particular that was said or in terms of the team or anything to senior leaderships? I know you guys have great senior leadership that happened after that point as far as where you guys were able to get together. Because obviously you guys were banged up throughout the course of the year, and that was a huge deal as well as getting guys that were injured back as well. Yeah, it was a combination of a couple things. First of all, you know, it's always better to have your best players healthy and on the field. Uh, it's not an excuse. I haven't used it as an excuse one time. Um, but as the season went on, the guys that were filling in, and the, uh, the a lot of them really young, in a lot of cases freshmen and sophomores, which is very rare kind of across the board, but especially at De La Salle because we're so culture driven and, you know, we really want to develop. We like leaving freshmen on freshmen if we can, you know, to get to know their classmates. These are kids, you know, and uh, but those guys got an opportunity to play a lot because of the injuries. And as the season went on, they got better and, you know, that they kept they got those extra reps and they got better and uh, they stayed true to the course and kept working hard and kept being coachable and they kept showing up and working hard. And then you get a combination of, you know, you start getting some guys back. And now you have, you know, a couple of your, you know, a handful of your top players come back. Obviously, Chase Tofano comes to mind and Cooper Powers and, you know, Derek Thompson. You get those guys back along with some of the young guys that have had a lot of playing time. You got more depth. You have more experience. Uh, you don't feel as hamstrung, you know, on, you know, on offense or defense or even special teams. You got guys that have played a lot more football. Um, that was part of it, but, but a really big part of it was th- this has been a tight knit group the, the, the entire year. And it's, uh, it's a group that I, that I hold really dear to my heart because it was hard to do a lot of culture building, um, obviously in those COVID years. And then the first year out of COVID is we just had to kind of jump right into it. And we weren't able to do a lot of the things we couldn't even have a team dinner inside, you know, uh, we couldn't do a lot of the things that we really pride ourselves on. And not that last year's group wasn't close or a good group of kids or anything like that. Um, but there was that extra element that that was kind of missing um, or lacking, I, I guess you could say, not missing. Um, this group's been great since January, and they've really dove into the culture, the senior group, especially with our captains and the extension of our captains. <clears throat> and they stayed true. They never gave up. And w- there was I was worried. I was really worried after that St. Mary's game and and the Folsom game. Uh, both times and we had a coaches meeting and you know I just talked about how I wanted us to obviously we're going to be very driven as coaches we're going to be very demanding we're going to be very challenging that's the backbone of De La Salle I think across all of our athletics to be honest and our academics Uh, and we stayed true to that but there was a sense uh, when we were talking as coaches were like hey let's be unrelenting in our positivity about these guys getting better and showing up and, you know, and building our culture and let, let's continue to challenge them. But let's, let's also be cognizant, cognizant and aware of every time they're walking down the hallways or going to get a sandwich off campus or something like that. They're being told how much they suck. And, you know, and I knew I was hearing it and I know that all the coaches were hearing it and, you know, that can have an, that can have effect on your psyche, you know, and that can have effect you know, you know, I'm I'm a father of three now, and has effect on my psyche, and I'm able to tune it out a lot better than a teenager. Uh, I took over for Bob Latticer. I've been I've been told I suck for for a decade now. I'm kind of used to it, but it still doesn't make it fun. Uh, right. You know, but we were we were worried about that, and you know, we we really just dove into positional meetings and group meetings and leadership meetings, and one thing that we know is we wanted to make sure. 
that there are no divisions on the team. Uh, you know, a lot of times in football, there can be, you know, the, the linemen are, are a group, the skill positions are a group, or the upperclassmen are a group, and the underclassmen are a group. And we wanted to try and knock down those walls as best we could, kind of remove those barriers. And uh, those aren't things that really happen organically necessarily. Because, you know, it's natural. The linemen spend more time with each other. The skills spend more time with each other. You know, it's that's who you're practicing with. That's who you're practicing against. And, you know, that's who your locker room's next to most of the time. So it's uh, we we kind of wanted to make it you know, an intentional kind of motivational tool rather than just hoping that it happened overnight. And, you know, we had some meetings and uh, the kids really responded well and they kind of dove into it. And my worries kind of went away, to be honest, because they kept showing up every day and they weren't showing up with token effort. Uh, only once did they show up sort of with a token effort. And that was in our bye week between Folsom and St. Mary's. And that was disappointing. Um, outside of that, they haven't been showing up with a token effort and they, they really dove into the work and the grind and the minutia of what it means to be a really good teammate and a really good uh, football team. And little bit by little bit, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, little bit by little bit. We just kept getting a little bit better through sheer will and camaraderie. If I'm being totally honest, you know, we're still injured. Uh, our offensive line practice one day this week, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, and that's how it's been. That's how it's been. And again, that's not an excuse. We have enough to, you know, we're down here already. We have enough to compete for a state title and take home a state title tomorrow. Uh, but we've had to deal with a, a lot more this year than uh, than previous years. But this group is really banded together on it. And uh, I think they've kind of taken it as a, as a source of pride. Like, we're going to get this done. And, you know, we're going to scrap. And sort of the focus of what we've been doing is um, rewriting the narrative of what our season is. And that's, that, that's sort of a quote that we've been talking about a lot. Let's rewrite the narrative of this and – myself Derek Thompson is one of the best leaders we've ever had and uh Derek you see him all the time Pat I know you do too yeah. the kid's incredible he's you know he's another coach and he's not the only leader but he's kind of the he's kind of the alpha out there he called me within seconds of the Folsom game the rematch and the playoffs being announced that we were going to get Folsom and we figured it was going to be Folsom but he called me within seconds and he was almost in tears he was so excited and uh, I think one of the main reasons is because you know, if you're going to try and rewrite the narrative of, you know, what was a disappointing start to the season, you don't get a lot of second chances in life and you don't get a lot of second chances in sports. And we were given a, a second chance, uh, partially because of our own efforts and and partially because we, you know, we kept showing up and, and working hard, but also because, you know, the dominoes kind of fell in our way. And, uh, you know, we were able to get that rematch with Folsom. And if you're going to rewrite a narrative on, on a season, what better way to do it than, you know, to avenge you know, kind of a heartbreaking last second loss from previously in the year. And we were fortunate to get that matchup. And I was really excited that we had to go on the road, too, because I wanted to see what we were made of, really. I wanted to, if, if this group has, has really been turning it around, I wanted it to be in front of thousands of fans at a sold-out stadium up in Folsom where it's loud and, it, you know, it's a great environment up there. It's a great environment for them. Um, it's not a great environment for opposing teams. And I wanted to go into a hornet's nest, so to speak, and – uh you know, everything, all the chips kind of fell uh, in our favor in that regard, you know, to rewrite that narrative. And uh, it, it was a it was a gratifying night to be a coach. And uh, it had been a while since I just saw a lot of smiles, you know, and it's a good group of kids I'm getting emotional thinking about, it, you know, and they they deserve smiles. And, you know, there was there was a lot of smiles and there was a lot of joy on that field uh, Friday night. And that's you know, that's what we coach for, really. 
And you mentioned, I mean, one of the things you mentioned going into the Folsom game was flipping the script, kind of the same thing, rewriting the narrative. But I, I just imagine in terms of the alums you've maybe heard from since that Folsom win, because I mean, just for myself, and I'm, of course, I'm not through it like you guys are from January all the way through in terms of how much that meant to you, but in terms of just watching from afar, I mean, I've been as impressed with this group as any others. I imagine you've probably heard from fellow alums, guys you've played with or guys you coached with or so forth that had to be also as particularly impressed with this group. No doubt. Yeah. There, there's a lot of alums that have reached out and, you know, we have a lot of alumni parents too. And, you know, even walking off the field on Friday, there's, there seemed like there's a, a line of alumni and a, lot, a line of alumni parents um, just nodding their head. Some were teary eyed that, you know, that had sons on the team, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, I obviously speak with coach Lattice or, you know, with, with, with relative frequency, not necessarily about football, just, you know, life and, uh, you know, the team and history channel. He loves talking about the history channel and what's going on there. Uh, one of the things we were talking about, even after the Folsom game, we were talking the, the first Folsom game, the loss, you know, I'm like, this team can do it. We were, I was telling him and he goes, Hey, this is how we felt in that Oh four season, you know, after the unfortunate loss right before the season of Terrence Kelly, um, not unfortunate, the tragic and horrific. Uh, and then that team struggles early in the year and, just like this group, that group kind of kept showing up and they kept they banded together and we had a history lesson. And I talked to the kid, the kids about that. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of gave them the rundown of what that team went through. And I think they kind of took that to heart. And uh, after the game, you know, there was I was sitting in the hospital. <laughs> I didn't get time to check all the check all check all the text messages and everything. But there's a lot of alumni going, you, you know, with sending some texts, most of which I can't say on a on a podcast, but uh, sending some congratulations and uh, sending their excitement and their and their pride, you know, uh, and their joy over seeing that. You know, we're not a perfect team in any way, shape, or form, but what what we what we've been seeing recently is Spartan football and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pride in our alumni when they see that. And a lot reached out and just said, keep those guys going. We're proud of them. We're behind them. Let's finish this thing off. So that was a, that was a neat moment for sure. All right, let's, let's switch gears a little bit, Coach. I'm curious to uh, get some thoughts on uh, Lincoln-San Diego. Obviously, uh, Southern Section opponent, championship game. They have to be doing some things right to get to this point, just like we have. Um, heard about the running back going to Georgia athletes all over the place um without saying too much more maybe you can just give us some quick thoughts on how you see tomorrow's game and maybe some things that uh, you can share that we need to do well and, and maybe something that they do well that we can look for to see if we can diffuse it a little bit so yeah no doubt the they're very very talented and you know, the coaches they, it, they don't just throw them out there they know what they're doing um they know that they have athletes they, they run a lot of men uh, a lot of man on defense because they have the athletes that can cover guys and they commit a lot, everybody else to the run. <clears throat> uh, they have a USC outside linebacker. USC does not recruit bad football players. Obviously, <laughs> right. obviously, the University of Georgia does not recruit bad football players. Uh, fact. That's a fact. <laughs> uh, I think their entire defensive secondary has major Division One offers. You know, they're it's an extremely athletic group and they're very they're very aggressive um, and they're hard hitting. The, the keys to the game, it, it's simple and it's going to potentially sound like coach speak, but it, it it's true. Uh, we got to muddy the water a little bit. You know, you know we got to do what De La Salle does. We, first of all, our offensive line has to win the night. There's no doubt about it. Our offensive line has to win the night. 
we're gonna have to run the ball effectively. Uh, that was something that we, you know, we didn't put up put up enough points against uh, against Folsom, and we left some points on the board against Pittsburgh. But one thing that we did do well is we were able to establish the run against good defenses, mm-hmm. and I think we had the, the ball for almost eighty percent of the game against Folsom. You know, including that last almost eight minute drive. Yeah. Not necessarily that I want to try and just bleed the clock and you know go on eight minute drives, but if you can effectively run the ball, well, that keeps their athletes on offense off the field. It's just a very, it's just you know very simple math. Yep. Our offensive line is going to have to win the day. Uh, our runners are going to have to be very effective breaking tackles and getting downhill, which they've been. We're going to have to protect the football. We had three turnovers last week. Can't do that. Uh, you know, one on a fumble, which resulted in seven points for Folsom, and then obviously two interceptions. The we 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 can't give them any freebies. So offensively, we really just got to we have to establish the run, control the possession, get downhill, and you know they're going to commit a lot of a lot of guys to the run. There are there are points during the game against Folsom they committed eleven. They blitzed both corners, you know, because they knew we were running. And we knew that they knew they were what we were running, but it was what we we're going to do anyway. Um, we're going to have to be effective, uh, picking our times to get some play action passes. And when we do those, we know we're going to have guys open. We have to connect. We had a couple guys open last week, and we couldn't connect. We're going to have to connect this week. Uh, defensively, uh, their runner is <laughs> a problem. <laughs> I guess is an understatement. <laughs> uh, he's outstanding. You know, he's big, he's strong, he's agile, and he's fast. And that's that's a tough combo. Uh, yeah. And he's got good vision. So, you know, if you're playing Madden or NCAA football, he's one of the he's one of those guys that you would design. You know, he's, gotcha. he's one of the guys gotcha. that you'd set your team around and you, you'd personally design him. He's one of those guys that the computer would pump out with a 99 rating. So, gotcha. Okay, uh, got it. You know, and he's not the only one. Their quarterback's effective. He can run. They have a really big offensive line. They have a lot of size. And then they have skill guys that can break the long one. And uh, they obviously run the ball, but they, they're they almost 50-50 on their run pass. So they try and get the ball out to their athletes. The, the biggest key defensively um, is maintaining discipline. And that kind of comes twofold. Number one, don't give up any cheapies. Mm-hmm. And against Folsom, we only get, you know, we get, we gave up one and that resulted in us. You know, we gave up one long catch and that resulted in a score. We can't do that. We can't give up any cheapies, make them drive the field, make a high school team drive the field. Um, it's hard for us. It's hard. It's hard for Lincoln. It's hard for Folsom. It's hard for Pittsburgh. It's hard for Sarah. It's hard for everybody. So make them drive the field, make them earn it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big portion of the discipline. The other one is we have to be disciplined in our run fits and we, you know, we can't be taking unnecessary chances or anything like that. You know, by taking the wrong gap or something like that, um, taking the bait, so to speak, you know, shooting a gap that we're not supposed to be doing. And, you know, ultimately that's going to hopefully result where it's going to be tough to take that guy down one on one consistently the entire night. We got to get a lot of guys on the ball. We've been talking about, you know, all week, let's get 11 silver helmets on the ball, 11 silver helmets, get to the ball, get to the ball. Don't assume he's down. You know, everybody's got to rally. And, uh, make sure that there's no assumptions that he's going down because there's a lot of plays that he has where he looks close to being down or close to being out of bounds. And he is not. And uh, that's going to have to be, uh, you know, effective tackling, you know, by our entire defensive group. Yeah. And your defense has been playing great. I mean, in terms of, it's like, I I think if uh, both you asked Pittsburgh and Folsom, they would have both liked to had 400 yards against you guys. And it turns out they had 400 yards just over that combined against you guys in those two games to illustrate how well you guys have been playing outside the ball. And I know we've talked over the course of the year in terms of uh, you you love your defense, wanted to see him hit a little bit more. Do you think see a turning point of your defense this year where they really started to hit the more? I mean, obviously one game it jumps out is the Clayton Valley game where you guys really, you know, 
gave it to Clayton Valley in that contest. And in the air, of course, Chase came back for that game. And obviously that was significant. But in terms of the way you guys have been able to hit the ball, some hit the opponent when they had the ball, man, when I look around, I mean, even freshmen like Jaden Jefferson, he's been physical and he's getting hit and more physical maybe than when he was the start of the year. because He's just coming in as a freshman. It's tough yeah. to be that physical right away. But I, I've just noticed that in terms of just that one example, the way you guys have been able to hit lately. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, it's a combined effect. Number one, we've as a defense, we've gotten better as a whole, and, and they've taken to the coaching, and they've taken a lot more pride into being a in, into being a great defense. And I think our our defensive effort the last six weeks or so has been really outstanding. I'm very I'm very proud of those guys. Coach Kenya's done a great job scheming those guys, but also it's not just about scheme. Most of it's about practice time, and most of it's about you know getting proper reps and making sure that the mentality is good and right. And uh, he's done a great job with that. Uh, our entire defensive staff. And I'm very pleased with the turnaround of our defense. We're a completely different defense than we were earlier in the year. We're far more disciplined, and with discipline comes the ability to make bigger hits. A lot of times, you know, if you're at a position, it's it's a lot harder to get some good hits on defense. You know, it, it creates a lot more arm tackles, and that was something that we saw earlier in the year. Just a lot of guys out of position, a lot of guys not being in the spots that they're supposed to be. And because of that, just, you know, too many holes in the defense. Those holes have definitely closed up, you know, a lot. And uh, because of that, guys are in better position and we're able to make those hits. But also there's a better mentality to them, too. Uh, they want to be out there. They want to be more aggressive. They're less fearful of making a mistake. For a long time, our defense was, uh, you know, playing out there, afraid to make a mistake, playing out, being out on the field, trying not to screw up. And that's a really bad way to play the game of football. And uh, that man- mentality is kind of switched. They're like, I want to make a play out there. I want to make a hit. I want to get an interception. I want to cause a fumble. Then you couple that with something that cannot be overstated. Chase Tofiano is really good at football. <laughs> he just is. He's an outstanding defensive lineman. And uh, he's a really good offensive lineman, too, if I might say. Uh, you know, we, I think we're going to see a little bit of him tomorrow night, uh, you know, since Coop's out at tight end a little bit. Uh, the Aussie Aussie, the younger one, uh, a lot of a lot of Spartan fans will recognize that name. He started for for Flanagan last week, and he, did, he actually did a really good job, and he's going to be playing. And... Some of our double tight sets, I think we're going to see some chase out there. But you add chase to a defense, it immediately makes it better. You know, now you got guys like Biller who have been facing double teams the whole year. Now he's got one on ones, and uh, yeah. it's he's a he's a good football player too. And it's hard to block a guy like Biller one on one and Greason and Archie and those guys that have been out there that you know pretty consistently we're fa- we're facing double teams. You know, now Chase has seen a lot of those double teams and he can beat those uh, with a lot of frequency. And if you don't double chase, then he's going to win that battle, you know, 99 percent of the time. So, you know, the combination of the, you know, a better mentality and, you know, getting Chase back in our lineup has done wonders to our defense. And, uh, you know, they've been the backbone of our team, you know, as we've as we've gone on this run along with our offensive line. And that's that's the recipe that we're going with tomorrow. You know, let's ride. Let's ride what's got us here. We are not pretty. We are, you know, we are, we're not a flashy, showy team or anything like that. Um, but we want to we want to be a gritty, tough team tomorrow night against Lincoln. And uh, like I said, muddy the water a bit, you know, make it a, just a tough, dirty in a clean way. Not not no dirty hits or anything like that, but just a, a nasty football game where there's a lot of physicality and try to rely on our physicality and our discipline and, uh, you know, hope that that can bring us uh, victory. Um, of course, it's tough to know until the game starts and there's you know, big plays can happen and so forth. But it sounds like maybe you're expecting maybe a little bit more of a I know muddy game doesn't mean low scoring, but it sounds like maybe a more lower scoring game. I'd love to put up a ton of points. No doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, 
you know, but their defense, their defense is solid. You never know what's going to unfold in a football game. You know, a lot of times we played Folsom. There's a lot of points on the board. Um, you know, as you get more familiar with the team, uh, you know, like Pittsburgh and Folsom and, you know, we've played Sarah a lot over the years. As you get more familiar with the team, sometimes the defense is kind of catching edge a little bit. Uh, so who knows what will happen tomorrow night. But if we stay disciplined on both sides of the ball and if we're the more physical team, I'm very confident that we'll come away with a victory. But those are those are two big ifs. You know, you, you can't just say you're going to be physical and say you're going to be disciplined. You got you got to get out there and get the job done. Well, Coach, I don't want to, we don't want to take too much of your time here, but I have one last question, or I guess uh, just a prompt. I'm wondering when this podcast hits tomorrow on game day for the De La Salle supporters that hopefully will listen before the game at some point. Do you have any message, like a message for them, or some quick words about something to get us excited, or or something you're excited about tomorrow that uh, you know when they walk in that game or they turn on the the stream. Um, this last little bit will get us kind of going and ready for that kickoff. Yeah, I do. And I mean this wholeheartedly. You're going to be cheering on a, go- a bunch of really good young men, uh, men of men of character, men of standards, men that uphold the mission of our school. Uh, this is some of the fewest problems. We have a big team. We got 81 with us right now, you know, from all the call-ups because we had so many injuries. Our freshman and JV coaches hate us because we depleted their teams. <laughs> um, but uh you know, obviously they're teenagers. They're not perfect or anything like that. But this this group is really committed to doing the right thing and really committed to being, uh, you know, outstanding representatives of our school and of our program. I mean, a simple thing is, you know, after after my uh, Teresita and I had our baby daughter, you know, my phone starts blowing up. Coach, she needs to drop off food. Coach, how's your wife doing? Coach, if you need anything, let me know. Coach, I'll drive out and, you know, if you, I'll get your garbage out. Coach, you know, just simple things like that. And those are happening daily. Um, those are happening daily. Teachers around campus, you know, you know, they have a daughter that's moving in to an apartment in Walnut Creek. Boom, the football team's there to move them. Uh, you know, charity fundraising, you know, uh, Valentino Serrano, Nico Rivera, those guys, you know, those guys <laughs> delivered and raised a bunch of money to, to get, to get, uh, food and turkeys and meals out to people on Thanksgiving. They didn't do it for any attention or anything like that. They just asked if they could leave practice a little bit early on Thanksgiving. You know, they didn't do it for, they didn't do it for any attention or anything like that. They did it simply because they thought it was the right thing to do. I'm very proud of this, this group of young men, Um, no matter the result tomorrow, obviously I'm hoping for a victory and, you know, to fully rewrite that narrative. But, you know, as you watch the team tomorrow, you can rest assured and you can be confident that, it's a good group that's really upheld the morals of our school. And I can say that wholeheartedly. And I can say that with my head held high. And uh, as as supporters of the program, as supporters of the school, I, I think that's important to hear. And, uh, you know, my a good example of that is, you know, my dad, he comes to practice frequently at almost every game. And yep. he's talking to all the kids. He loves this group. He yeah. loves them. And it's simple things like the white coat saying that's the most, you know, well-mannered uh, group that they that they've ever had. It's simple things where you know Dr. Preston saying I've never I've never had so many players thank me for you know the time that I, you know that they put in and our training staff and uh, you know Coach Brown. I know you've seen that a lot too. It's just a it's a definitely definitely it's yeah it's a gracious group. It's a good it's a good group of young men and uh, you know and we're in this is high school athletics. This is you this is youth sports. We're trying to build men of character as as well as win football games. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, on the character part, you, you know, 
I couldn't be prouder of this group. So uh, that's something to cheer for. And that's something to really rally behind, in my opinion. Appreciate no question that. about it. And uh, it's not just, yeah, it's not just lip service. I mean, we're all extremely proud of these guys and uh, it's been an, ins- they've been an inspiration to watch throughout the course of the year. So uh, we're looking forward to watching you guys as the Spartans play in a state championship game, unbelievably for the 15th time in the last 16 years to go up against Lincoln of San Diego. And uh, it's going to be a great matchup. And Justin, thanks so much. Uh, looking forward to it and uh, watch, looking forward to watching you guys play tomorrow night. Absolutely. Thanks boys. Thank you coach. Good luck. Thank you. That's a wrap on this episode of Dillapod with Pat O'Rourke and Derek Brown. I'm Mike Dawson from the class of 92. We'd like to thank the Dillasal High School and community for its support. If you like what you heard, be sure to tune in next time. And of course, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to Dillapod.